Hi guys. Welcome back to Crime Colts and Coffee. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Bryn. And I have a story for you. Yeah, I can't wait to hear this. I've been waiting all week. I worked over the weekend at the urgent care and it was kind of a slow day. I've been like dying to tell you this. So it was kind of a slow day and I have this one MA that works with me and I'm not going to say her name in case she doesn't want to be on here, but she's working with me and her job is to go into the room before I go in there. She swabs the patient like for a COVID test Mm -hmm. and then does their vitals and leaves. So... I go up to the front desk, I see this person's checked in, and I go up to the front desk, and I'm like, what's going on in there? Like, she's been in there for a really long time. Oh, no. They were like, oh, I don't know, like, maybe she's just talking. And it was a slow day, so I was like, yeah, maybe she's just, like, chatting it up with this person. Yeah. So I let it go for a little bit longer, and I'm like, no, I think, like, I think I should go in there and, like, rescue her, because some people really just like to talk. (laughs) So I go in there, and she's just standing there next to this guy, and I, I walk in, and they both are dead silent, just, like, looking at me. What the fuck? And I was like, what's going on? And they were, like, looking at me, looking at me, and I was like, okay, like, you're good to you're good to leave now. Like, I'll, I'll take over. And she's like, all right, bye, and, like, runs out of the room. And I was like, what the fuck is going on right now? So I'm, like, standing there with the guy, and he's like, oh, she just told me she lives in this area. Where are you from? And I was like, local. (sighs) And he was like, how old are you? I was like, um, and I get all this from a lot of people because they think I'm really young. Uh I'm like, I'm 26. And he's like, "Um, I see you're married by your ring. And he's just like dead. Yeah, like just dead looking at me. I see you're married by your ring. I was like, yes, I am. And he goes... So, are you having children soon? I was like, um... He's like, don't you think it's time to start that process? That is not a question to ask anyone, and especially <gasps> people you don't know. And I was like... I wanted to Ew. so bad be like, that's none of your business. Ew. But I was just like, huh, maybe. Because I was just like super awkward, and I just wanted like the conversation to end. And he's like... um. Okay, so I'm like, okay, I quickly change the subject. I'm like, why are you, like, what are you getting the COVID test for, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to listen to your heart and lungs really quick, and then you'll be good to go. He's like, you're going to find something crazy. And, like, just the way he said it, I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? So, like, I go listen to his heart and lungs. He had a murmur or whatever. So I was like, oh, like, that's what you meant. You have a murmur. He's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, I knew you would find it. I was like, this guy is so fucking sketchy. So, whatever. He leaves. Hope you're not listening to our podcast. (laughs) Right, I know. I'm not mentioning his name. So, he leaves, and I go back into my office, and my MA is sitting there just, like, staring. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, are you okay? She's like, I don't know what the fuck just happened, but, like, it wasn't good. And I was like, what do you mean? And she was like, he... I was like, why were you in there so long? She's like... He was talking to me and she's like, and I'm going to go off the bat and say like, I'm not a religious person. I've never grown up being in a religious place. So like, I don't know what religion's supposed to be like. That's what she said. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And she's like, he came at it as he was a pastor for a local like church. 
and saying that so his son came in the day prior and he had autism and we were really nice to him of course she's like i know how you were with my son this is what he said to her i know how you were with my son yesterday and like i really appreciate that oh that's nice yeah and um I felt like we were destined to meet. From the second you walked in, your vibes immediately matched up with mine. And at first she was just like, what? And he's like, "Um, I feel like you're in a place where you need religious guidance and I'll be here for you. And at first she's like kind of going along with it because she's like, okay, like maybe I need like some kind of religious guidance. Like, I don't know, maybe we were meant to meet. And then he starts going into saying like, I can feel the love we have between each other already. You're like my sister. Um, I am your brother, and we can all be in a family together. Recruiting. And she was like, and when she's saying this to me, my jaw is like on the floor. I'm like, what do you mean? He said he feels love between you. And she's like, yeah, he told me like his name and like his church and like gave me his phone number and then was asking for mine and right when you walked in the door I was like refusing to give my phone number that's why it was so awkward and I was like what she's like I didn't know what to do I couldn't get out of the room he kept like stopping and holding me and like saying like I need your number so I go up to <laughs> we go up to the front oh. and tell all of like all the co-workers that were there with today we tell them the story and the one guy I was working with was like, what the fuck? He's like, he, this man is not allowed back in here. He, we're putting on his note that, like, he can't come back here with females, like, alone in the room because we thought it was, like, super creepy. Mm-hmm. So we call him and tell him his COVID result. And he's like, make sure she gets my phone number. Did you give it to her? And was, like, getting super, like, hasty over the phone. Like, did you give her my number? Did you give it to her? Off mic, can you please tell me what the church is just so I make sure I never cross paths with it? I forget. Um, I looked up his name and it's associated with it so I can show you later. But I don't want to ever accidentally like stumble through its doors somehow. I know. And she's like, at first I was like, and then we were both out there like, no, that's not how religion works. No. That's not how it works. And we were like, this man's never allowed to come back. And then he, he said something along the lines of like, don't you think it's a coincidence that like me and you were here in the same room in the same day and like it was meant to be and she was like like yeah (laughs) I was like you're not allowed to go anywhere by yourself first of all I feel like well first of all the thought of potential like what if he was trying to get her for that reason of sex trafficking that is terrifying never mind the fact that he Could have been recruiting her for a cult. And she, that's what I said. I was like, it sounds super culty. And she's like, what if I gave him my personal information? She's like, I was so close. And then you walked in. I was like. Because she was made to feel so uncomfortable about it. Yeah. Like pressured and pressured and like wouldn't leave. And I was like, and this guy was creepy as hell. Like he was really creepy looking. And. We were like, what if he uses, like, his son as a ploy to, like, get in to, like, recruit people? I'm like, this is weird. And our the front desk guy was like, um, maybe don't walk to your car alone. And then she got <gasps> even more freaked out. I was like, don't say that to her. It's the middle of the day. It's fine. <laughs> but, but that is scary because you really could have been waiting. I know. We, I walked out with her. but Ew. Like, how fucking weird. And, like, the middle of the day, we were like, what is going on? Like... 
why would this happen today? When he feels that vibe, Mm -hmm. he just... He jumps on it. Yeah. Yeah, it was fucking gross. But yeah, I was very excited to tell you that. Oh my god, that is... And then I was like, my coworkers know that I do the podcast, and I was like, he's like, maybe we should look him up. I was like, already tried, here's his information, and they were like, of fucking course you did. (laughs) I was like, yep. Ew, that's really disturbing. Yeah. Ugh. Creepy, right? Yeah, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Yeah. So that's my story. Do you want to talk about our coffee? Yeah. So today we are reviewing It's Fucking Good Coffee Co. And I'm not just saying it's fucking good. That's the name of the company. But it also is fucking good. Yeah, it is fucking good. Uh, They are... That is the name of their coffee part of their company. But you can purchase this through Metal Marvels. Mm -hmm. They're kind of... She started fucking good coffee, and then she started Metal Mo- Metal Marvels, and then she kind of combined them. Yeah. Which, by the way, thank God she combined them, because the stuff that's on the website, I'm literally, after we finish this, going and buying a bunch of stuff. Yeah. So cool. But we'll talk about the coffee first. Do you want to tell the website? Yeah. It's metalmarvels.com. And if for some reason you were to type in fuckinggoodcoffee.com, it will redirect you to the Metal Marvel site where you can purchase it. Oh my God, I'm dying. These stickers on the website. It's literally a uterus. <laughs> oh my God, it's so funny. It's a uterus with like one of the fallopian tubes giving like a middle finger saying fuck, um, saying mine. <laughs> I love that. We'll post a picture of yeah, it. Yeah, she has some really cool stuff on there. The Instagram is Metal Marvels. Or fucking good coffee co. Yeah. So this specific coffee is called Just Fuck Me Up. And it is a medium to dark roast. And it's a blend of Sumatra and Ethiopian. Mm. The notes are bold and sweet with hints of raspberry orange blossom from the Ethiopian blend. And then cedar and buttermilk from the Sumatra blend. Delicious. Yeah. So delicious. It's really good. I'm going to take a sip and I'll tell you what I taste. I immediately tasted the cedar wood in a good way. Like, but then also the sweetness from the fruits as well. Mm-hmm. Like, um, it's like, it's earthy, but not in a, and not in a negative not way. Not in a gross way. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. It tastes like organic. Agreed. And I feel like it's a very flavorful and bold coffee, but not to the point of bitterness or uh dislike like i love this coffee me too and i could drink this i could drink a bag like a bag of this probably in a week yeah without getting bored of it and it's not like a flavored coffee that like you'd get sick of like this is a really good really really good coffee Mm -hmm. it said we're here to give you the kick in the ass that you need (laughs) (laughs) i love that i love her whole vibe we actually Found her through Instagram. Yeah. And fell in love right away and contacted her. And she was in the process when we contacted her of consolidating her brands. Mm-hmm. So that's why we're just getting to her coffee now. But I also ordered a water bottle from her recently that I'm completely obsessed with. <laughs> <laughs> and just plan on ordering tons more from her. Yeah, I was, it's so funny. We were looking at like the home goods and stuff on their website as well and there's a candle section and I'm probably gonna buy at least three of them it's one of the candles that is called eat a bag of dicks <laughs> smells like shut the fuck up and bananas <laughs> <laughs> and then the other one if you watched um oh god 
Oh, God. Schitt's Creek. <laughs> if you've watched Schitt's Creek, this one's called Rosebud Motel. It smells like, ooh, David. And what is this? Ew, David. Roses and Smoky. So good. I need to buy those. Yeah, I absolutely love her merch. I feel like it's, if you like a sick sense of humor and also are okay with curse words, <laughs> this shit is for you. It's seriously the funniest stuff I've ever seen. I wanted to order a necklace recently. I think it says, fuck you, anxiety. <laughs> I think that's what it says, and I totally forgot to order it when I ordered my water bottle, so um, expect that order coming through for me soon. (laughs) Oh, it says fuck anxiety. Yeah. Oh my god, it's so funny. It's so cute. The one necklace says don't touch me. (laughs) Uh, And this one post, I want to just read this on her page because she's just such like a badass. I love this woman. So there's this mug, and it says this is what ladylike looks like. (laughs) <laughs> and it's what well, we could post a picture i can't really explain yeah it's like kind of like the rock and roll sign mm-hmm. and her caption for it says ladylike is my least favorite word thrust upon women it's just more of the usual thing of trying to enforce these outdated bullshit societal norms on women that shouldn't exist the idea that women should be anything fuck all of that noise so you know what women should be Whatever the fuck they want, period. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> yes. Oh my god, there's a mug that says ooh COVID. <laughs> okay, I'm done. I can't stop. I'm gonna buy it. We're obsessed. We're obsessed. I love all the stuff. She's incredible. Her stuff's incredible. I love this kind of humor. Me too. It's amazing. Like the rings that we bought in the same <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I think mine says fuck you. Yeah, I got a fuck you and I got a badass ring. Yeah. But we love you, Metal Marvel slash fucking good coffee. Wait, we forgot to rate the coffee. <laughs> We're going to rate your coffee. Should we do All it right. on three? Yeah. Wait, okay. let me take another sip. Mm. It's so good. Okay, I'm ready. Three, two, one. 8.75. 8. 5. That was really close. Because <laughs> it's not quite, it's like, yeah. I would 8. say between 7. an 8.5 and a 9 is accurate. Yeah. 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 Somewhere in between there. It's really good. I would go and order some of this and the rest of this stuff on the website as well. I definitely want to try more um, coffee. I don't want to say flavors because they're not flavors. Yeah, notes and blends. Yeah, different kinds of beans from her. Yeah. I would love to try. Me too. All right, you ready? Yeah. So So grab grab your coffee coffee and have have a morning with us. Okay, so today's case was another suggested case by Ashley. Thanks, Ash. Yeah, thank you. And congrats because she's a new mama. The baby, we were just looking at pictures. (laughs) She is so fucking cute. Yeah, I I have a new niece named Avery. So (laughs) Shout out Avery. (laughs) Shout out Avery. You got your first shout out ever. (laughs) Probably the youngest one. Yeah. (laughs) She's really cute. Congrats, Ash. Yeah. So, she recommended this case of Rebecca Corium, and of course, we're going to go into a background of her first. So, she was born on March 11th, 1987, in Countess of Chester Hospital in Chester, England. Her father was Mike Corium, and her mother was Anne Maria Corium. She grew up in Chester with her parents and sister Rachel, and her two foster brothers. They weren't named in the article for some reason, Mm. but... Um, She attended Chester Catholic High School, worked at the Chester Zoo at one point, 
Um, that's actually, there's actually a memorial bench in the zoo for her grandparents. Aww. Yeah, I read that a lot of her family members worked at the zoo. Yeah, that's, that's why so she did. cute. Yeah, I feel like you'll get to know this later, but all of her jobs were, like, so happy. Yeah. Like, just, I don't know, uplifting jobs. Mm-hmm. She went on to join the British Army cadets in her teens, and she attended Plymouth University at Plymouth. She studied sports sciences. Uh, she also studied at Liverpool Hope University and additional studies in quote-unquote youth studies. So she had a lot going on. Mm-hmm. She graduated from a sports science de- with a sports science degree at Exeter University. After that, she spent four months teaching sports at Camp America in Maine, which is in the United States, of course. Um, I feel like she was very, like, well-rounded, like... And well-traveled. Yes, well-traveled is what I was trying to say. Yeah. She went to do a lot as a young person. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like she dabbled in a lot of things. Like working at a zoo. Yeah. uh, Sports. Mm -hmm. Youth uh, studies. Like all different kinds of things. Like, and she was literally 24 years old at the time of this. So I don't... I would not be able to do all this by 24. And I I feel like she just moved around and was so independent with things. Mm -hmm. Her parents described her as quote-unquote, constantly cheerful and upbeat. So now I'm going to move on to the job that she got on a Disney cruise. June 2010, she went on an interview in London to work on a Disney cruise. She then subsequently went to Florida for training after she got hired. So after training, she then went on cruises in the Bahamas for four months. I've heard through the grapevine because i also know people who work at disney or have worked at disney not on a cruise ship but i'm assuming it's similar that training for disney is very intense i heard that too and like specifically in the florida location like they pay like they do housing and everything there like so you're at the park Mm -hmm. like at all times Mm -hmm. that's crazy i wonder what like it entails i think the hiring process to work at Disney, especially as a character, mm-hmm. is crazy. I bet. Mm-hmm. I mean, they can't have any, but just anybody doing that. Right. Yeah. Um, so then she decided to take a few months off, and she actually went back to Britain before she returned to work. She went to work on the Disney Wonder, which was a ship, and it was in the port of Los Angeles. She went to all the ports that the ship stopped on at the Mexican Riviera and then through Panama Canal. So um, that was just her specific ship that she was on. Wow. Rebecca went back to Chester, England for two weeks during this time period because her grandfather unfortunately passed. And this actually was the last time that her family saw her alive. That's awful. Yeah, like already a really horrible time, but then to have that connected with like the last physical time you see your daughter or your sibling. Yeah. That's horrible. Yeah. So moving on to her disappearance, she returned to working on the Disney Wonder ship as a youth worker, and she stayed in contact with her family via Skype and Facebook. March 21st, 2011, the ship left Los Angeles, and Rebecca sent a message on Facebook to her parents saying, she would call the next day. Her parents never received this call, so naturally her mom became super worried because that was very uncommon. And I feel like for them to, like, be worried after a day, they kept in contact very frequently. Yeah. Well, especially since 
she specifically said she would call them, that mm-hmm. was probably just red flags galore. Yeah, like something is going on. Mm-hmm. Then we're on to 9 o'clock a.m. Pacific Daylight Time. Coriam missed her morning shift on the cruise ship. Mm-hmm. At this time, the Disney Wonder was off the coast of Mexico, heading to Puerto Vallarta and Cabo San Lucas. Her room was checked, and so was the rest of the ship, but she was nowhere to be found. That's terrifying. Yeah. Like, literally disappeared into thin air. On a fucking cruise ship. Yeah. How does that happen? Where... I've been on a cruise once, and from what I remember, you need a scan card to go in and out of, like, everywhere. Really? Yeah. To get on an elevator, you have to scan your card. You get off. Really? You go, yeah. I went, why? I wonder why. Probably just for, so people, like, they can kind of keep track of where you are. Oh, yeah. Okay. And that was actually probably around the same time because i went on a cruise around probably 2010 2011 really so that was a thing already and i'm assuming with employees they were probably even more like they had on top of that like oh you have to scan to go in here to check yeah. in like saying work that you're wise. At your post or yeah. whatever yeah. yeah so she wasn't answering any of the pages over the pa system on the ship which obviously is also concerning yeah And CCTV showed footage of her at 5.45 a.m. when it was checked. An unverified account, probably from another crew member, supposedly said she went overboard at 3 a.m. But this was kind of weird because this was almost three hours earlier than when she was seen on the ship's footage. Right, so why would somebody say, oh, I saw her at 3 a.m. and she went overboard if she was then seen three hours later? On camera. That doesn't make any sense. And why would they even say that? Unless they were confused with time, but... But, like, why would you be out also at 3 a.m. on the deck, like, looking? You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Unless they walk around all night like that. Or, like, they were working at, like, a like a bar on the ship or something. I don't yeah. know. I don't know how that works. Yeah. In the CCTV footage, she's talking on an internal phone in a crew area, and she appears in distress... A young man walks up to her and looks as if he's asking her if she's all right. So she was visibly yeah. bothered. Like something was wrong enough for somebody to come up and say, are you okay? Yeah. And you could see her mouth say in this CCTV footage, yeah, fine. But like again, unless it's like on cruise ships, people are just constantly out. But like why was somebody walking around at 545 in the morning? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I'm trying to remember from when I went. I know that there are clubs and bars on certain ships, Mm -hmm. if not all ships. And there would be people out late, but I never stayed up, like, that late to see if there were people walking around, you know? Maybe like, an older person that got up at 5.30 in the morning, like my father. (laughs) Yeah, to take a little stroll on the cruise ship. See the sunrise. Yeah. So... After she says, yeah, fine, she then hangs up the phone, walks away, pushes her hair back, and puts her hands in her back pockets, and her parents say these were normal mannerisms for her, so it's nothing out of the ordinary. It's not like she's, like, she was, obviously, something was wrong when she was on the phone, but Mm -hmm. she wasn't, it's not like she was nervously doing things where it looked like someone was watching her Mm -hmm. or whatever. When she disappeared, it became, (laughs) I can't talk. (laughs) I told you. When she disappeared, it became, quote, 
one of the 171 mysterious cruise ship disappearances in the past decade. And that was a quote from The Guardian. Note that the 171 number was as of 2011. So (laughs) that has increased since then. That's insane. Yeah. Like, uh, that's a lot of people. Yeah. But this was the first disappearance in the history of the Disney Cruise Line. So they were probably like, we can't have this. shit. Yeah. Yeah, Like, this looks bad for us as Disney. Yeah. And this is also a quote from The Guardian as of 2011. So, Mm -hmm. again, numbers have definitely changed since then. Yeah. Quote, 43 people have vanished from Carnival Cruises since 2000. Theirs is the worst record of all cruise companies. There have been 171 disappearances in total across all cruise lines since 2000. Rebecca is Disney's first. So that was just reiterating. Where are these people going? Like, are they... Like, what is happening? I'm sure it's a mix. I'm sure it's a mix of people falling overboard being murdered and thrown overboard, slipping in and being an accident, suicide. Yeah, being taken alive at different ports that you stop at. That is literally my biggest fucking fear about cruises is like stopping at ports and like people knowing that you're a tourist and like targeting you. Mm -hmm. Like I, that is fucking scary. Mm -hmm. (sighs) But it's weird because they... When you get off the ship at a port, I would think they would double check that everyone's back on, but there have like been instances count. where cruise ships have left without people, and then those people have to either fly to another port and meet them there and reboard or whatnot. Like, that happens, but I would think you can verify whether, oh, we lost track of time and missed the ship, or, oh, this person just never, never. fucking came back. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. That's scary. That's really fucking scary. Yeah. So, now we're on to the investigation. The crew searched the ship whenever they found out that she was, you know, missing. The U.S. Coast Guard and Mexican Navy searched the water where she could have been when she went missing. So, basically, like, tracking the timing of where the ship was around the time that she went missing. Mm -hmm. And they looked there, but nothing turned up. The Disney Wonder Ship was registered in the Bahamas, so a detective from Royal Bahamas Police Force, or RBPF, flew to the ship and did an investigation three days after she disappeared. So I was reading an article that basically said that since the boat was registered in the Bahamas, that was the person, that was the people that have jurisdiction over the investigation. Mm. So um, that's kind of the first person that was there to investigate. Allegedly, he took, um, quote-unquote, several days to investigate on board, and the investigation began um, by him once the ship was docked back in L.A. So that's probably why it took three days for him to even get started. Yeah, but uh, allegedly he took several days, which we'll come to find out wasn't necessarily true. Yeah. Rebecca's parents were also flown out to the ship from England to be there whenever it returned to the port. They met the detective and allegedly he had told them that the only investigation, he only did the investigation on the ship for one day. That's insane. Like, how do you investigate an entire fucking cruise ship for a day and be like, nope? No, that means he literally probably walked around the ship. 
looked. Checked things out. Didn't even check. You couldn't even check all the rooms in, no. in that day. You could not interview all the people on the cruise ship in that day. Right. Not only all the rooms, but, like, all the places that, like, guests can't even go right. as well. Closets, storage spaces. I feel like... If anything, he probably asked a couple crew members questions. Like, what'd you see? Yeah. Yeah. Doubtful all of those passengers were interviewed. And, like, that's another scary thing. Like, you're on a cruise line leaving out of the United States, but, like, the United States... If you go missing, the United States may not be the people that are investigating your case. Right. Obviously, the police force is different in every place and maybe not so great. (laughs) That's fucking terrifying. I think it's also just really fucked up that not only did this person investigate this ship for one day, mm-hmm. but that there was only one person fucking assigned to this case. Yeah, like, for the entire ship. Yeah. So, he also allegedly interviewed only a few crew members with yeah, zero passengers go. being interviewed. <laughs> so, like, you're telling me that it wouldn't be valuable to interview passengers that may have seen her or that guy that came up and talked to her or might have done something to her right like how do you rule people out right if you don't even talk to them yeah i don't know that doesn't make any sense her parents said this is a whole big quote from wikipedia quote disney kept them in a car with blacked out windows and brought them on board via a little used side door or side entrance after all the passengers had disembarked The Wonders captain gave his condolences and expressed his theory that Rebecca had been washed overboard by a wave while at the crew pool, a theory the Coriums doubted due to the high walls around it. After that, they were then taken to a meeting with Disney executives and the woman Rebecca had been speaking to on the phone. Because remember, she was on the phone seen in the CCTV footage. That blows my fucking mind that first of all the captain was giving his condolences Mm -hmm. as soon as they stepped on board and like you don't even know where this girl is as of right now and they clearly disney as a whole clearly did not want them to be seen pulling up with the blacked out windows Uh uh-huh either them not to be seen or them not to see see yeah yeah which is just sketchy in itself. And, like, why not bring them in the main entrance of the ship? Why pull them to, like, this little side entrance? Mm-hmm. Like, what were they trying to hide? And why did the captain feel he had to give his theory on what happened? Yeah, like, oh, this is what I think. Like, you didn't see anything. That's why just, would you say that? The whole thing's just weird. Very in just inconsiderate and obviously <laughs> a huge mistake on disney's part yeah i don't know so rebecca's dad received one tip a year after her disappearance it was literally one day before the exact anniversary of her disappearance in an email a woman said she was quote 85 percent sure that she saw rebecca with a dark-haired man in venice the previous august her family thought it could be possibly legit like a legit claim Rebecca's uncle wondered how she would have gotten there, though, without her passport, since she was, the, since the passport was found in her belongings on the ship. Right. So, like, how would been, she have traveled? Yeah, because that would you all of a sudden see her in Venice right after she disappeared. Yeah, that's that doesn't make any sense. No. Or like, 
Unless it was some, like, underground sex trafficking thing mm-hmm. where she was taken mm-hmm. and given, like, a new identity or yeah, something. Yeah, that is a possibility then. Yeah. yeah. So, know. getting into more uh, theories and further speculation that came about because of all this. October 2011, this is about seven months after her disappearance, journalist John Ronson, who we're going to be talking about a lot. Yeah. Traveled the same route as Rebecca on the Disney Wonder and wrote an article about it in The Guardian. And when we mentioned The Guardian during this podcast, this is all from his article, Mm -hmm. which we are going to include in our sources. This article was with permission from Rebecca's parents that he did. During this time, he spoke with some crew members that had been on the ship with Rebecca. And this is a quote from Wiki. Quote, they suggested that more was known about her fate than Disney or the bah- Bahama police had publicly admitted. <laughs> Ronson speculated that she had probably slipped and fallen jogging. So that was this journalist's speculation. Mm. Deck four on the ship had a jogging track and railings, he said, were like low enough for her to fall over. Rebecca kept herself in shape by jogging and this was pretty much ruled out slash argued because there were security cameras all around the track and there was no video of her running on the track slipping and falling over and like the cctv footage we'll put a picture up but like she is not in running clothes (laughs) like it is far from running clothes yeah that's true so deck a deck worker speculated that Rebecca had gone overboard from the crew pool on deck five and remember this is kind of similar to what the captain said to the parents yeah Flip-flops were found in the area, and he suggested this was part of the proof, but it wasn't really stated if these were determined to actually be Rebecca's flip-flops when he made this comment. Mm. A woman named Melissa, quote-unquote Melissa, so it's not her real name, also claimed that the day after Rebecca's disappearance, flowers were put on the wall near the pool. So, like, who would do that Right. if they didn't know what happened? Right. Unless they were just, I don't know. Yeah. Melissa also claimed that the flip-flops discussed were not Rebecca's. She said they were too big, weren't her style, and she said she had never seen her wear them. Okay. So, those were her reasonings. Yeah. Yeah. On the contrary, Rebecca's family said they thought the flip-flops were too small for her. Hmm. Which is weird. Yeah. And later learned that no forensics had been done on them. Right. I was just going to say, couldn't they do any kind of DNA testing on, like, like maybe some skin, skin yeah, yeah, that was on there? I would think so. You're <sighs> on a boat with your wet, hot feet rubbing right? on sandals. Like, There's probably there skin cells. There has to be skin cells. Yeah. Epithelial cells on there. Yeah. So fast forwarding, forwarding a little just at this section to 2016, in 2016, private investigators working for the Corium family said they con- conclusively determined that the flip-flops did not belong to Rebecca. So however they did that, maybe it was DNA. Yeah, well, they also said there was another crew member's name and cabin number written on them. Oh, well, <laughs> why the fuck didn't they? <laughs> well, first of all, that goes to show that this journalist did a better job fucking investigating than, than the, the person detective. put on the case. Yeah. Or I these, like, like, 
private investigators did a better job. I feel like this detective was literally like, oh, gotta go to work and like half-assed everything and then was just like, all right, that's it. We're done. But like never turned over a fucking flip-flop to see a name and cabin number written on them. Yeah. To just rule it out. That's scary. Or another thought could be that was written on it after Mm -hmm. and evidence was improperly stored. Yeah. Yeah. To like disguise it. Yeah. So who knows? A lot of crew members that Ronson spoke to supported this theory. Ronson doubted this theory when seeing the area because he said, quote, around the railings on the pool is a steel wall high enough to completely block any view. That's a Wikipedia quote. And there was also two security cameras there. So, Mm. one, how would she have gotten over the wall? And two, why wouldn't cameras have caught that? Right. A crew member further told them that even though the walls are high, the seas were rough and that she could be tossed off of the slippery ship. Which, we'll get into that a little bit more later. Mm -hmm. Um, Said he couldn't really see how anyone could have jumped or fallen from that area. And this is a side note. He wasn't sure if these cameras were there before the disappearance or if they were placed there after the fact. Right, which would make a difference. Yeah. There was another theory that Rebecca was a victim of human trafficking, which I think is plausible. And terrifying. Yeah. Ronson was told that Rebecca's last phone call was taped. Some speculate that she was on the phone that night with a romantic partner, and some say it was with a friend. So I'll go into that right after I talk about this. In the video of the phone call, Rebecca's clothes also look very big. Friends and crew have speculated that they were clothes of somebody else. So they weren't Which hers. they do look like they weren't yeah. hers. Like they were like bigger like men's clothes it almost looked like. And I understand like I wear oversized clothes sometimes too if she was doing that but but it looked like a men's uniform almost. Right. And I feel like there would have been people who would step forward with this being pointed out who who could have been like no those were hers. She yeah. just had that. Yeah. But that was never the case. They said that it wasn't like her style yeah. of stuff. Yeah. And I'm just going to mention this really quickly. I didn't want to put this the article or anything in here or um the quotes from the article, I should, I should say. But basically, um, there was a ex-girlfriend of Rebecca that came forward years later. So she basically said that the night that she was on the phone and the night she disappeared, um, there was kind of like an argument between her, who was her girlfriend, and um, about a relationship, like basically that she was in like this love triangle and she had found out that her girlfriend wanted to be in a relationship with a guy as well that was on the crew on the ship and that, you know, Rebecca got really upset about this and that kind of unfolded the night's events. But like this girl took years and years and years to come forward and say this information. So who knows how true it is. Right, and there's other information she's come forward with that the family argues is not not correct. Yeah, so... Yeah. We didn't want to mention it too much because yeah. it's not something that it's the family who knew her best yeah. thought would be acceptable or that is true. Yeah. One crew member said that, quote, Disney knows exactly what happened. Everything here is taped. There's CCTV everywhere. Disney has the tape. So... Mm. I feel like there's something being hidden by Disney 
but mm-hmm. like they can't they just don't want to release it because obviously it'll make it look bad for it'll them. hurt their image mm-hmm. quote-unquote hurt their image although this is like a human life yeah. that we're talking about here yeah and i feel like nothing against disney but they have the money and means to do what they would like right yeah Pays off whoever yeah her parents received information that Rebecca could have, like I said earlier, potentially been in a love triangle with a man and the woman that I talked about on the ship. I'm not even going to say her name because I don't even think it's worth it. Mm-hmm. They also heard that Disney had sent additional footage to the FBI to be enhanced, but they we have no idea what the footage may be. So, I feel like either way, whether something was intentionally hidden by Disney or covered up or not, they definitely dropped the ball. Right. Like, even though it wasn't in their jurisdiction, like, something happened on their ship. To one of their employees. To one of their own. And they're not gonna, like, do something. I feel like that goes against all what Disney, like, preaches. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know. And it's just, it's really sad that if the image of a business was put over someone's life, Mm -hmm. That's just, that's That's awful. Yeah. Another theory is that Rebecca committed suicide. Her parents argue this with the items that were found in her quarters on the ship after she went missing. They found passes Rebecca bought to her parents, for her parents and sister to Disneyland Paris. So she was going to surprise them with this trip the next time she was home. So like, that's not something you do if you're going to commit suicide. Yeah, like, buy, like plan this whole trip for you and your family. Right. And yeah. we've talked about that in previous cases. Like, if you're going to commit suicide, you don't go and plan something in the future. They also say her Facebook exchanges with her mom contra- contradicted suicide as well. Labor MP Chris Matheson, who represents the city of Chester uh, constituency, thinks that Rebecca was a victim of a crime, potentially a sexual assault or murder. He claims to have a copy of the original police report, which says, which he says shows, quote unquote, compelling evidence. Mm. So whatever that means makes him think that there was, you know, some kind of crime that went on. Mm -hmm. Baron John Prescott thinks that Rebecca was thrown overboard and not by a wave. He said, quote, he has, or I'm sorry, this is a Wikipedia quote. He has also called for laws that would allow British authorities to investigate their own citizens' deaths on cruise ships in international waters. Mm, go John Prescott. Yeah. Uh, investigators conclude that she went over the ship, possibly due to a wave. So that's kind of what they came to the conclusion of, mm-hmm. which it's horrible. Yeah. Rebecca's family and their lawyer claim that they have not received a copy of the final report. How? I don't understand that. that it's really fucked up. Any sense. Yeah. British detectives received it, but, quote, have refused repeated Freedom of Information Act requests for a copy. And that's how, a quote from like, Wiki. How are they supposed to get closure that the investigation was even done properly if they don't even get a copy of it? Mm-hmm. And that's why the Freedom of Information Act is put in place. Right. <laughs> Yeah, they say it contains restricted personal info, which is why they can't release it to the family. But, like, restricted personal info, do they mean on Rebecca? Because I'm sure her family won't 
care what kind of information they read on her daughter or do they mean right the cruise ship line right and i feel like that's maybe what it means yeah Private investigator John Anderson says records show that the seas around the ship were actually normal that night, which challenged the whole wave theory. The weather near Puerto Vallarta was not stormy that night, and the rogue wave would have had to have been 100 feet to sweep a person above the six-foot walls near Deck 5. Which they were saying a five-foot wave is what did it. (laughs) And, like, for it to even happen, obviously, it would need to be a huge storm, which was a not five the case. A five-foot wave. I feel like that would cover the windows towards the bottom of the boat. Right. Not all the way at the top to sweep someone off. I don't know. So, there has been much criticism surrounding the investigation into Rebecca's disappearance. Yeah, I Obviously, so. <laughs> yeah, you can kind of conclude why through everything we've told, especially one investigator being assigned to this case and spending one day on the ship. That doesn't make any sense to me. Is that how they do it over there? Like, I don't, I don't understand. I want to, I would like to know, as I'm sure the the family would, the reasoning behind that. Yeah. Like, what was his reasoning for spending one day? And, like, closing it then. Yeah. So, a little bit of the aftermath slash something happy, which we always try to do at the end of our episodes. Rebecca's family filed a lawsuit against Disney And in 2015, an agreement was reached, and the family was compensated by Disney. Okay. Which doesn't make up for the the disappearance of Rebecca, but at least they got something. Disney refused to release the amount to the public. Which I'm sure they could afford whatever the family wanted, and they just don't want to put it out there. Yeah. So her parents created a website, and it's called Help Us to Find Rebecca, and it's Rebecca-Corium.com. And her family has also organized fundraising events through the site. That's good. I mean, mm-hmm. that's one, you know, that something good that came out of this. But yeah. But it's horrible, the whole situation. Policies have been put into effect by the British government, and this is a quote from Wiki, quote, allowing for more comprehensive investigations of such incidents in the future. Wow. Which, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Her family has also become advocates for relatives of other crew members and passengers that have gone missing from cruise ships. Oh, wow. Which is so nice that they are helping people in the same situation. Yeah. Wow. Even without their own closure. That's incredible. I don't even know if I could be that strong, honestly. That's insane. Yeah. So, some other information. There's a website called internationalcruisevictims.org. We'll post that in our Facebook uh, post as well. And it provides information, support, and awareness for incidents and risks on cruise ships. The article from The Guardian, written by John Ronson, is included in our resources. It also includes stories about other people who have gone missing from cruise ships, as well as other statistics not mentioned during this episode. It also includes some written conversations between him and the people he spoke to while on board the ship. This case is still ongoing, and Rebecca has still not been found. If you have any information regarding Rebecca or this case, please visit Rebecca-Coriam.com, like we had mentioned earlier. Mm Mm-hmm. Horrible. I feel like it's just so scary that this is so common. And, like... For her family, like, it's horrible enough to lose somebody you love, but then to not have the answers, like, 
I don't even know how you would deal with that. Mm-hmm. And to not really have people who are supposed to be helping you find the answers helping you find They're the just answers. Like, eh. Right, like they, in order to get any amount of answers, they've had to hire in private investigators. They had a journalist who interviewed people. And like dug deeper (laughs) than the fucking investigator. Yeah. That's just, and I'm sure this is not uncommon when it comes to people missing on cruise ships. Right. It's really (sighs) scary. Yeah. All right. That is the end. Do you want to talk about our little spiel? (laughs) Yeah, and actually, I want to make a little recommendation. Ooh, okay. Before we conclude, there is a book that this case somewhat reminded me of Mm -hmm. that I've read, and I loved it, so I want to recommend it for our listeners. It's called The Woman in Cabin 10, and it's by Ruth Ware. Okay. And basically, like, a little synopsis of the book, it, this journalist is aboard the ship, doing some kind of, like, uh, reporting, Mm -hmm. and she wakes up one night, and she thinks she sees a woman go overboard on the ship, and basically, she reports it the next day and stuff, and the cruise ship is saying, no, all passengers are accounted for, making her feel like she was going crazy, Mm -hmm. keep insisting, like, nope, 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 you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, and she starts digging deeper while on the ship and finds some crazy shit. Oh my god, I need to read that. It is so good! I'll let you borrow mine so you don't have to buy it. Thank you. Yeah, and everyone else, please go get this book. Yeah. It's great. I need to try, I need to read it. Yeah. I'm such, I'm so bad at reading books. I really am bad. But I feel like at the same time, now knowing this case, it's scary because it's realistic yeah like it's ac- it actually can happen yeah like the fact of that like for some reason the cruise ship hushing or shushing it or saying no or yeah. whatever yeah scary as shit yeah all right on to the spiel <laughs> so you can find our resources and photos from every week's episode on our facebook page at crime cults and coffee uh, you can also check out our Instagram, Crime Cults and Coffee. That's where we post all of the coffee that we have reviewed and recommendations from every episode and all the other good stuff that we put on there. Yeah. And if you want to submit a listener story or a case suggestion to us, please reach out to us. DM us on Instagram, where Kelsey just mentioned, Crime Cults and Coffee. Or send us an email at crimecoltsandcoffee at gmail.com. Yeah, I love when we get case suggestions. Yeah, they're great. Or listener stories. Or listener stories. Everyone who listens knows we love listener stories. I love them. (laughs) And make sure... Do you hear the beat in the background? My God, somebody's pulling up with the bass bumping. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Also, if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please sure to make a nice rate and review Mm -hmm. and give us suggestions if you have suggestions um we've (laughs) we really really enjoy the reviews as just as much as the listener stories and we haven't gotten any in a little while now yeah let us know what you think even if it's constructive yeah for sure and if you're not on apple podcasts it's free for you to just suggest our podcast to family and friends yes Thank you for our spiel. Yeah. Listening to our (laughs) spiel. All right. Bye. Bye.
For more information regarding this case and our resources, follow us at Crime Cults and Coffee on Instagram and Facebook.